everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're taking a look at book one in the Salem Witch Tryouts series, which is just called the Salem Witch Tryouts, um, by Kelly McClymer. It's a name that's familiar, I feel like I've said that name before. Have I reviewed one of her books before? I don't think so. This book was in one of my recent buy hauls because it was recommended by a viewer, uh, so I decided to get it and check it out. And the blurb on the back of the book is this. Prudence Stewart loves her life at Beverly Hills High. She gets straight A's, has a gorgeous boyfriend, and she's captain of the cheerleading squad. Then, poof. Her parents announce they're moving to Salem. Apparently, Prude descends from a long line of witches, and it's time for her to learn the craft. Goodbye, Beverly Hills High. Hello, witch school. Prue's sure she can keep her cool at her new school, but she soon finds herself failing witchcraft classes and, worst of all, messing up at cheerleading, which seems to involve a new kind of spirit she just can't tap into. It's time for Prue to cast a spell and prove she's just as enchanting as the next girl and somehow make cheering tryouts a flying S-U-C-C-E-S-S. -S. That blurb gets a couple of things wrong about the plot. Obviously, it was not written by the author, it was written by someone on the marketing team, but it, it kind of gave me the wrong impression. I thought that I was going to be reading a book about a girl who goes to a normal high school who finds out she's a witch, and within the first couple of pages of reading this, I found out that Prudence has always known that she's a witch. It's just that she lives in the mortal world with her witch mother, who is many centuries old, and her mortal dad, so she isn't allowed to use magic, really. She does it a couple of, a, a little few things here and there, but she isn't really allowed to use magic at all. Which is a drastically different story than the one I thought I was going to be reading, but I did enjoy it because it felt kind of more original. Like, the, the blurb as it stands kind of reminded me of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch sitcom and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like the first couple of episodes and also the movie, where it's just like, oh, this sort of normal airheaded teenager gets these special powers. But it, it kind of isn't that, and so it wasn't really something that I'd read before, which was uh, quite nice. Um, there were a couple of issues with it which I'm, I'm going to discuss, but first I'd like to trigger warn for parental abuse and sexual assault, which I didn't think I'd have to warn for uh, on a book like this. And I'm not saying that that's in the content of the book, it's just something that I kind of took away from some of the scenarios in said book. So broadly speaking, the plot is this. Prue is told that her family is moving to Salem. I think to do with her dad's work or something, but mainly because of her brother, who's I think 12, 13. Uh, she refers to him as the Dork Lock, and apparently he keeps using his magic in mortal school, which we'll come back to later, because I had kind of an issue with that. Um, so he has to now go to a witch school, because he can't be trusted at mortal school. So now they have to all move to Salem, which is one of the only places where the witch world and the mortal world kind of coincide, so... They can live in a mortal house so her dad can stay at work, but also get into the witch world more easily. The style of magic in the book is very much Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's very, like, point and stuff happens. But I did like the way this was explained, and it had probably more of an original take on it to such an extent that I realised why it would be difficult for Pro to learn it at this later stage in her life. In most books, you're like, how can it be hard to learn magic? It's just pointing at stuff and then what you want to happen, happens. But in this, a lot of um, thought is given to why it would be so difficult, the kind of mental properties and concentration that it takes. For example, she tries to summon up a chocolate cake and then a beef wrap for her lunch, and accidentally does it without focusing, so she gets a beef wrap with chocolate frosting in it. She also has to learn how to control multiple items in the air at once, um, First using like the baby step of using one finger for each individual item and then graduating to being able to do it all with just like a wave of her hand. 
So you do kind of get a sense of, of why that's difficult. So Prue starts going to witch school and soon discovers that she is behind at everything to do with witchcraft. And in wanting to join the cheerleader team, she has to learn how to like fly in the air and do like spins and basically aerial work without any kind of wire. Um, which she sucks at, but she's also the only one of them who knows how to do mortal cheerleading properly because they don't really bother at it because it's just mortal rubbish. So she gets probationally allowed onto the team in order to teach everybody, you know, little things like synchronization. Um, so she, she does sort of get in that and then she makes a couple of friends and then the book just kind of ends abruptly, I, I guess, because there's a sequel. Uh, but it, it doesn't really have a lot of payoff at the end. Now, one of the things that kind of really worried me in the opening section is some of the things that she talks about, which she brushes off as being like completely normal, but which I think are a big deal. So on page four, we find out about why they're moving. Uh, her brother, Tobias, known as the Dorklock, um, ha has been doing stuff at school with magic. And the thing that he's done that has like broken the, the camel's back is on page four. When the hormones hit, he couldn't control his magic. After the third time, Miss Saminsky's skirt flew up in the middle of summer school math class. My mother had our house up for sale and my golden life at Beverly Hills high up in flames. So this is the third time that he's like pulled up his teacher's skirt and that's why they're moving. This kid shouldn't be in a different school. This kid should be in jail because that's not right. And it just seems like it gets, like, blown over. And I, I don't know, maybe they should have, like, had him magically swirling some kid or doing something, like, that normal teenagers or school kids would do, but just using magic so it's not fair, like cheating on tests. But no, he's he's sexually assaulted his teacher three separate times. And this is just brushed off like it's completely normal. Similarly, a lot of Prue's relationship with her mother seems ultra weird. Uh, so we get told about like different things that her mum does parenting-wise because of like she's obviously a centuries-old witch. Uh, but there are some things like not allowing her to practice magic and then expecting her to be good at magic when she goes to witch school, not giving her the family spellbook to use on her first day at school, which everyone knows that you need at school apparently. So it, it just seems like minor neglectful stuff. And then on page 28, we get this gem. What's next? Are you going to tell me it's time I learned how to sleep with boys and experiment with drugs? It was a low blow, but I was so furious. All I could think of was how witchcraft is not to be used in the mortal realm lectures were right up there with the abstinence and sobriety lectures parents are so good at lobbing at you the minute you leave the house for a simple trip to the mall or a harmless school dance. At least in my house they were, until now. All the sympathy left her face. Good. Don't think those protective spells I've put on you will be any different now that we're here. They're not. In fact, she closed her eyes and lifted her hands in a careless circle. I've just triple strengthened them, young lady. You'd think I'd have learned to keep my mouth shut when I'm mad, but no, I have to make things worse. Mum wasn't finished. And now I'm going to find my spell book so I can put a gratitude charm on you to remind you you have it pretty good for a 16-year-old. So not only is her mum saying that she's going to use magic to brainwash her into being grateful for this ultra strict parenting, we find out that these protective charms uh, basically mean everything from preventing you from getting into a car accident, which 
obviously a pretty good move. Two, the fact that Prue bursts out in hives if she is alone with a boy for more than 45 seconds. That seems ridiculously controlling. And I know that this is a teen book, it's teen fiction, it's meant to be light and fluffy. Teenagers need to push back against parental figures. That's like part of the genre. Their parents need to be strict or unreasonable so that the character has something to like rail against and get angry about. I get that. But this just seems like on a par with if this was like not about witches. Her mum just like locking her in her room at night or like chaining her ankles to the bed so she can't leave the house. It just seems weird. And I don't think the author intended it to be like that. I think they've just like put some like witchy stuff in there and they're not really thought about how that translates into the equivalent in the real world. But it gave me like such a sh like a, a pause that I was just like, what did her mum just say? Um, so that was a bit odd. Thankfully, this stuff does kind of calm down after the first couple of chapters and her mum becomes a little bit more normal. You also see her mum get like yelled at by her, like Prue's grandma and also the head teacher at the school for essentially like failing to teach Prue anything about magic, which I'm on her side because she points it out herself. It's unfair that her brother is in like the gifted and talented class because he's been breaking the rules all this time and using magic, whereas Prue has been following her mother's lead following her rules and has therefore been left in remedial spells because she hasn't been breaking the rules. On a positive note, we do get a, a little bit of information in one of her lessons on page 89 and 90 about the witch trials. And it, it basically makes the point that no witches were like burned in America, which is something that I think more people need to be aware of. So I like that actual information was in the book. Even if it was just like a kind of fantasy book about witches, it did still have some real life information in it. And it also quite neatly explained how some witches were actually caught in the witch trials, but most of the people were just like obviously normal mortal people. Um, so on page 91 we get this. It was mainly mortals who suffered the persecution, I hasten to add, but a few witches were swept up in the nonsense. Those who had infections that prevented the use of their powers, or maybe those who, like me, didn't have a clue how to use their powers to full effect. So it's sort of like a nod to the fact that the people who were executed in the witch trials weren't witches, but also kind of fills in that gap, which is uh, something I think I commented on in one of the Witch in Love, Witch in Winter books, that you have to kind of explain how someone with all these incredible powers would be able to be caught by people who have no powers. So I think it did that quite, ne uh, quite neatly. The cheerleader stuff too, and I'm not American, so my entire exposure to cheerleading has been watching Bring It On probably too many times. Um, so I know some of the words, but I don't know really what they mean, and I know what spirit fingers are. So that, that was all my knowledge of it coming into this. But again, as with the magic, it really gets into your head like how difficult some of this stuff is to learn, like a lot of the tricks and... I don't know what they're called, moves that they do uh, when she's explaining them. Even if you don't really understand enough to actually picture them in your head, you get the impression that these are things that she's practiced over and over and that are physically demanding and difficult to perfect. So that is carried off really well. Again, it really makes an interesting point about how coordination stuff is important, which obviously the witch girls haven't really got down yet. So in terms of it just being about a kind of a fluffy-headed popular girl, it does have some of those moments for growth, like when she's 
trying to explain all this cheerleading stuff and also when she's getting in with the kind of fringe groups trying to make some friends before she moves on to bigger things she does start to feel guilty that she's planning to abandon them later so i think we're seeing like some personality growth on her part some of the stuff that she thinks is kind of wildly inappropriate like the fact that she has a crush on a male teacher obviously she's not going to find that weird as, as a teenager but as an adult it, it does seem weird and some of the stuff that she actually says about the unpopular kids is a little bit insulting and a bit mean i get the sense that it's just out of ignorance on the character's part but it did kind of give me a wobble in her likability at certain points now the ending of the book was a bit weird it ends page 260 261 we get a kind of moment where it starts to feel a bit rushed before this when she's trying to like get on the good side of the the witch cheer captain and kind of form an uneasy alliance based on what they each bring to the table so that kind of happens but then at the end we get this kind of page and a half not even that really it's more of like just one page um that begins so to recap the short not so sweet life of prudence stewart and then just gives you a rundown of what's happened like stuff with her ex-best friend at beverly hills people that she's gotten to meet just basically things that have happened in the book and then it just ends on only uh, only thing i know for sure is that no matter how unfair life is everything works out better when you have a great cheering squad to make sure you keep those moves tight sharp and in perfect form not to mention catch you when you fall even if it's just half a second before you land on your face and i kind of get the message behind that it's kind of cute and sweet but it felt weird like the author had literally a page earlier received an email saying actually we, we would like to stretch this out into a series and she was like oh cool and then just wrote that and decided to call it a day so it, it felt a little bit rushed and a bit weird the next book in the series is called competitions of witch so i'm guessing that involves them going to like mortal regionals or nationals or whichever the lower one is um so i guess that could be quite entertaining to read it's quite a fun little series like i said it reminded me of the sabrina sitcom so i really liked that because you know takes me back to a younger more innocent time a pre chilling adventures of sabrina time not that that's bad show but you know i like what i like um so that was quite nice i think it's a good book if you're just looking for some light kind of chiclety fluff um and it doesn't fall into that thing of like it's all about wicker it's all about wicker but what if you also have superpowers it's very distinct from that so it was kind of refreshing so i do kind of recommend it but i think from an adult perspective a lot of the, the stuff in there for teenagers is worrying and it did make me feel very old so there you have it folks if you'd like to recommend any books by the way drop them into the comments section on the youtube version of the podcast i'll get to them there you can also email me but i check that email very sporadically so apologies if it will take me a while to get to it uh, but let me know any recommendations because it's been fun reading some books that i didn't choose for myself and uh, in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye